The Greenfield Post on Triple M. Are we live? With Will and MJ. They're awake and they're on fire. I'm excited about this podcast, Will. G'day, podcasters. So am I, MJ. It's it's big. It is massive. It's one of our biggest shows ever. We're like bouncers here with this guest list. <laughs> we are like Just bouncers, kicking actually. off names with a clipboard. We had too many guests. Almost, I think for this one podcast. It had a bit of a guest overload. There would have been there would have been too many gigabytes for us to fit it all into one <laughs> single podcast. And so we've all we've been left with is a random Aussie bloke from yeah. Bangalore. <laughs> from Bangalore and Craig Starsevich. And Craig Starsevich. The coach of the AFLW Lions team. The undefeated Brisbane Lions. He's gonna be on. I'm looking forward to that. And we'll, we'll get to him pretty quickly here. We're gonna get on to him next. And also we have a guy from Bangalore who's gonna give us a live update. We called him last night. Yeah, he was in the stands, um, which I think could have broken some ICC rules. Yeah. So don't report us, please. No, so we're just going to put this up on our uh, podcast page. Yeah. But first, Craig Starsevich. <laughs> Potentially a legal interview. That's right. Craig Starsevich coming up now on the uh, Greenfield Post podcast. Enjoy the podcast, podcasters. MJ, on the line, we have a very special guest, the undefeated head coach of the Brisbane Lions women's team, Craig Starsevich. How are you, Craig? G'day, guys. Uh, you just came off the back of a 33-30, very tense struggle over there in Adelaide against the also undefeated Crows. Was that your proudest win so far? Um, I think all our away wins have been pretty special. Um, as everyone knows in sport, it's very tough to do, get on the road and, and uh, get a win. And uh, particularly the three wins we've had this year, there's been decent-sized crowds that uh, the girls have had to encounter in their first year in this competition. So all of those little distractions and pieces of adversity have been handled really, really well. So yesterday was um, yesterday was clearly um, the most intense game that we've played. And um, given the fact that there were 12,000 people crammed into Norwood Oval, um, most of them supporting the Crows uh, made it even more difficult. Mm. I think people are amazed at just how talented the girls are. Craig, have you noticed a big change within even the five weeks from the season opener? Yeah, I think um, the benefit of um, the players being in a program where we review every week and um, analyse the vision and, and we've got full access to all the statistical data and so forth, that's that's something that's quite new to them, having come from club community football. So, um, yeah, it's sort of logic tells you that they must be improving over that period and we've certainly noticed it. Um, their composure in tight situations has certainly gone up a notch. Um, so there's lots of things that we're really pleased with that they're developing. Now, Craig, obviously 1990 Collingwood Premiership player and you were the strength and conditioning coach during the Lions three-peat back in the 2000s. So you've been part of the two highest-performing men's teams of all time. How do the environments differ between a men's and a women's footy club? I imagine there's a lot more Taylor Swift and singing and things of that nature. (laughs) Um, Sounds like you've been in the change room. (laughs) I might just have been. Uh, um, It's a little bit more relaxed, yeah. It's... um, I would say um, I've only been in uh, around coaching female AFL players for probably three years. Yeah. And initially, when I first came into it, I thought there's going to be huge differences. But the longer I go, the more it's like a footy club, mm. so male or female. But um, yeah, definitely, um, we actually um, it's it's still unusual. I must say, we've got an all male coaching staff, and we sort of look at each other before the games. <laughs> as if to say, are we completely comfortable that the music's blaring and everyone's <laughs> up and about? And um, or are we expecting game faces and real focus and all that sort of stuff? I mean, 
there are people in the group that like that and, and whack their earphones on and go and hide somewhere. But um, by and large, they, they actually prefer to be up and about. So that's probably the main main difference, I think. <laughs> Is there anything the girls are better at than the blokes? Um, I think they're much better at accepting um, official uh, decisions <laughs> on the ground. I, 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 think they're, I think they're very, very good at that. I'm not sure... I'm not sure our coaching staff is at times, but um, yeah, I, I think they're very tolerant on the ground of um, what the opposition throw at them, what they have to deal with in terms of um, you know decisions that might irritate male players. Um, but that, that sort of stuff, I think they're they're very very tolerant and they just get on with it, which is um, quite refreshing actually. Yeah, we've got the twin towers up forward in Frederick Torb and Taylor Harris. Are they working closely together? They seem to have a great chemistry on the field. Yeah, they've been mates for a long time. They've uh-huh. sort of been, they're a year apart, um, lived in, you know, two different states all their junior career, but they've crossed paths plenty of times playing high-level footy, representative mm-hmm. footy through their under-18 years. So um, they forged a bit of a friendship over that time. And, um, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, they definitely look out for each other on the ground. Does the prospect of being a bit of trivia on a Carlton Draft boulder cap uh, appeal to you, being the first AFLW Premiership coach potentially? <laughs> <laughs> um, long way to go. <laughs> because, um, we're, we're five games into a seven-game season. And, uh, there's, there's a lot, lot left to go, Will. A lot of water on the bridge. Now, 1990 stars, I think all the players on the team, apart from Mickey McGuan from memory, got tattoos on their ankle, premiership tattoos. If you do get over the line in two weeks' time or three weeks' time, will there be a line on the other ankle? <laughs> uh, not likely. However, um, um, I have had a few things bandied around in Queensland where a few people have had a few little bets, which uh, we'll, we'll see what comes of all of that. But that's, uh, again, mate, that's miles down the track. So we're not talking about that at the moment. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on your ankles then. Thanks very much, Craig, and uh, congratulations on the win. You're now five straight, and we're going to keep an eye on the Lions, and hopefully you've got uh, two more wins before we see a first-ever grand final. Thanks, boys. Yeah, it's been, been good fun, and hopefully we can uh, keep it going. That's Craig Starsevich, the coach of the AFLW Brisbane Lions. Undefeated Brisbane Lions, Undefeated. Will. Top of the table, my Lions. And uh, you showed a bit of interest in his ankles there. Yeah, well, I saw Tony Shaw's 1990 Premiership tattoo a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. And it looked more like a crow than a magpie. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they haven't aged well. I haven't seen Craig's. But <laughs> Craig's is an excellent Nick, yeah, I can tell you that. They don't look like magpies anymore. <laughs> Tat chat with yeah. MJ. <laughs> Now, Will, through the power of social media, we've actually been able to track down an Aussie supporter who's currently sitting in the stands there at the Shinnaswame Stadium. Shinna. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I, I think I got a first go there. <laughs> Against well, all odds. We've unbelievably found an Aussie that's gone mm. bolly, and he's live from India. Mm. This is incredible. And on the line, we've got Jordan. And Jordan Permain, can you please describe the atmosphere you're seeing there in Bangalore at the moment? It's been, it's been sensational. I mean, I mean, the atmosphere itself, every single ball is like being in a P20. I've been to a lot of lot of cricket at the Wacker. Well, the furnace, as the scorchers call it, and every single ball is, is just met with a roar, whether they're the wicket or a four or otherwise. So we knew that they, the Indians were going to love their cricket and it was going to be a good atmosphere, but this is far surpassed anything I've sort of experienced, um, test match or, or otherwise. Um, so, yeah, it's been, been excellent so far. Were you there for Coley's wicket yesterday? Oh, Coley's wicket! Oh, you, you could have you could have heard a pin drop. So, and it's all out anyway. But for him, when he even when he feels the ball, a dot ball at the cover, they just go up and and so you can imagine when he got out. I mean, we sort of waved the flag at him. But um, oh yeah, I mean, it was it was just 
Domba. Um, <laughs> he's sort of been a bit of a barometer of how the, how the team's gone. Are there many Aussies in the crowd with you, Jordan? Um, I'm with I'm with uh, a mate, Gilly. Um, Gilly. Um, um, oh, his, his name's Braden Hill, but I call him Gilly. It's actually known. Oh, um, Hilly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Hilly. You had our hopes um, up. Pune. Uh, uh, we know that's a much smaller city. Um, there were very, very few, very few. But here, there's, there's enough. There's enough green, uh, green and gold, and there's enough Aussie flag. So, Jordan, what would you say the main difference is between going to the cricket in India as opposed to a test match in Australia? It's just insane. It's really, probably, with all due respect, what, what test cricket should be. Every single ball here is just scrutinised. And I mean, yesterday, to get into the stadium, Billy and I had to wait three hours, and we'd already purchased tickets. There's that many people. Um, one of the locals we met here, uh, we're sitting with him today, uh, he said he waited eight hours to get into the uh, England test when they were touring here. Have you found that the Indian supporters have been generally quite lovely, or are there a couple of pests around? Oh, yeah. No, no, no pests. No, none. We haven't had any. Wow. I mean, you know, when we're standing up waving the flag, when we were, when, when we were ripping through them yesterday, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what to expect, probably getting a few sideways glasses, you know, <laughs> they didn't appreciate us. Could... Their batsmen, the, um, you know, waving the flag at them, but no malicious, nothing malicious. The amount of, the amount of selfies you had with us, my goodness, blokes come up. They, just, they just want, they want to speak English. They just want to, they just want to say good day. And in, in obviously Bangalore, there's a lot of people here, but in Pune, it was the first ever test match there. Mm. So I don't even think many of them have probably seen or met anyone from Australia before, simply because there just hadn't been a, hadn't been a match there before. Yeah. So it was kind of new mm. for everyone. So we 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 met this this 15 year old kid in the in the stands. He was he was um Indian. He um he he knew he knew even about the WBBL. He knew more about the <laughs> BBL and domestic <laughs> cricket. <laughs> And he, he, he knew more about past players and, you know, he's 15 years old, but we're talking about Damien Martin, Mark Ward. Wow, and that's awesome. It, it was, it, we, were, we, were, we, we were blowing away, really. Just, um, just in the middle of Pune. They love, yeah, yeah you know, it was quite crazy. I mean, they love the big hitters they've seen in the IPL, Maxwell, uh, you know, Shane Watson, obviously Steve mm. Smith. He's a captain of Pune, so he was very well loved. Well, mate, thanks very much. And you might just become our Indian correspondent if there's uh, anything interesting that comes out of the next couple of test matches. But thanks very much for joining us, Jordan, and giving us a bit of insight. Thanks for the chat. It's fun. That was Aussie Jordan Permain over there in the stands in Bangalore, giving us a little bit of taste of the atmosphere, Will. Yeah, very interesting insight. And uh, who's yeah. your favourite WBBL player, actually, MJ? Um, <laughs> Meg? <laughs> No, I just ringing. I found that funny. There's eight year olds in Pune that like cricket more than you. <laughs> this is the Greenfield Post on Triple M. They've got you covered with Will and MJ. Will, there's one topic of conversation that we seem to have a lot, yep. and it normally centres itself around Shane Warne's Instagram account. Shane Warne's Instagram is the greatest example of social media going around uh, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> To date, <laughs> he owns it. He now, we, absolutely dominates. We were lucky enough to have Warney on this show about three weeks ago. Yep. And it came up in conversation. You asked him about his social media account. I did. I asked him point blank because yeah. it's the most entertaining comment section you'll see anywhere. And he, he acknowledged that. And he, this is what he had to say when we spoke to Warney earlier in the year. Your social media fascinates me. And mm-hmm. 
I love how uh, candid you are with your audience and yep. some of the comments you get on your Instagram <laughs> and stuff. Do you track it fairly well? I was, I was going through your photos and there was just one of you and your daughter and it just says, Aries, Shane, keep it up and we'll get driven before lunch. Just things, things I know, like that. I mean, it's quite funny. I mean, social media to me is, uh, I've always been honest and open and I've yep. always been, um, never pretended to be anything I'm not. So the social media thing is a really interesting one. I, I, I think it humanizes you, social media. Yep, it certainly humanizes you, <laughs> warning. Well, after this latest one. So to no, set the scene for no, our listeners. Yeah. Shane Warne's put up an Instagram with Emily Sears, who I believe is some sort of Instagram model slash... Now, I wanted to do, do my due diligence when I did see this picture. Yeah. And I checked um, Emily Sears on Google <laughs> and put a bit of work into it. I reckon it's, uh, you did a lot of due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> she's not ugly, Emily. She's the she's a model yep. and uh, entrepreneur and um, a she, woman of m many talents. Many talents. She's yeah. not ugly by any stretch of the imagination. And so she's in this photo. She's wearing quite a revealing top. Your top. Yep. With warning, mm -hmm. who's wearing a nice casual yep. blazer and the white pair of them. They're in LA. They're in LA. Caption says Aussie mates hanging in LA equals awesome. At Emily Sears. And this photo has caused an absolute meltdown. <laughs> it's mayhem in the comment section. <laughs> Now, can we just, let's go back to our chat with Warney. Yeah. And he did go into detail about yeah. what he thought of his comment he's, section. He's predicted the comment section. Hmm. The comments, I mean, my kids often, my son especially says, Dad, have you read some of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I have. And it's like, bold chain, areas. <laughs> I'm like, are these guys, there must be four or five of them or something like that, or however many there yeah. are. There's more than four or five, Warney. <laughs> Warney, mate. This isn't just a couple of trolls. No, no. <laughs> he's got... 1,400 comments on this photo. <laughs> of Emily Sears. There are so many areas, Shane, bold Shane. There's a few green pitch references that I won't go into detail. No, I, couldn't, so, I couldn't bring myself to read through all of them, but you oh, have. I have. And once you filter down all the comments that we can't read on air, there's about <laughs> 10 to choose from. <laughs> and this one's probably my favorite. Yeah. All over it, Warney. He's just thrown it as wide as possible outside leg and ripped it into the top of off with the last ball before lunch on day five, which I think just sums up what everyone was thinking. I, I was thinking it. He took the words right out of my mouth, that oh, I encourage everyone to jump on and have a look for themselves because we yeah. seriously cannot. We would break some broadcasting codes if, <laughs> if we put some of those comments to air, let's be honest. Have a look for yourself. And she actually got back. She, what? She's got back? She commented on the photo itself and just said, Warnie, these comments are terrifying. <laughs> Did she? She's been, she's not impressed. She's been cocked blocked by his Instagram following. <laughs> Poor Warnie. If, he, if this costs him a date, these comments. If they've cost him. He's going to delete the account. We've all, he's going to teach us a lesson. <laughs> it will never be on social media again if this has yeah, cost him. We're, we're going to really regret this. <laughs> Bold chain. Bold chain. Areas. Areas. The Greenfield Post on Triple M. And Will, it is time for... Oh, yes. Now we cross to the Greenfield Post newsroom. Will, do you think it's too far if I say reporter extraordinaire? I'd say best newsbroker in the business. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the Greenfield Post on Triple M. We are joined in the studio by Rudy Edsel from the Greenfield Post newsroom. Now, Rudy, normally we sort of take the piss a bit in this segment, but you've come in here saying that you've got a story for us that you think could be on the back pages of the sports papers in tomorrow morning. And what? That's right. I don't want to big myself up, but I'm actually breaking some news here. Whoa. <laughs> hey, look at. Uh, 
No, well, I noticed today I was watching the Geelong Adelaide, uh, the, the JLT, JLT community series game. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what JLT stands for, by the way? No, no, I've been trying to figure it out the whole time. Uh, MJ knows. Yeah, it's an um, insurance company. <laughs> insurance <laughs> company. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Carry yeah, on. I'll be the toast of the pub when so yeah. I can tell people that. <laughs> yeah. Boys, they'll, I figured it out. They'll love you. <laughs> yeah. What have you seen? Um, well, I noticed there was a there was a ball in uh, down near the boundary line towards the end of the second quarter, and it's uh, it's gone quite shallow as the throw-ins mm. sometimes do. They've got the uh, you know the second string yeah. boundary riders, particularly in these suburban grounds that can be windy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. a lot of factors going on. But it's pulled up short, and it's hit Dean Gore on the back. And um, now I don't. You guys are across the uh, the new ruck rules. No third a, man. Yeah, you've mm. got to nominate a ruckman. Yeah, right. Now because Dean Gore wasn't one of the nominated ruckmen. That's technically a free kick against Adelaide. That's a hit out. Yeah. So it goes down as a hit out or it goes down as a free against poor but old Dean Gore. They didn't pay the free kick, did they? They did pay the free kick. Free wow. kick to Geelong down on the wing. So he's facing the ruck contest yeah. with his back to the boundary umpire. Yep. The ball <laughs> hits him. He's oblivious to it. Yep. Hits him in the back. <laughs> yep. And he gives away a free. Gives away a free. No, I reckon that sounds fair. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's just the way the AFL want this game to head. Yeah. yeah. It's it's true. It's not like the AFL to just implement a rule without really thinking about yeah. the consequences, is it? <laughs> no. They, they no. just implement rules that I reckon someone just had in the dream and just, <laughs> this could be fun. Yeah. And then they don't, they, the consequences of that sort of rule yeah. could be massive. Because they're, they're sticking with this no third man up rule in the season, aren't they? Yeah, they are. We, they have to nominate. I think the boys have to uh, I think they have to fill out a Centrelink form and wait six to eight weeks for Ruckman <laughs> status. Now, what have you done, Rudy, about this? Have you got in touch with Gil McLaughlin? Have you got onto Patrick Keane, the media bloke from the AFL? Like, do we, doing... need, we need answers. No, I got onto Simon Lethleen. Of course, I went straight to the source. I know he's facing the, uh, he's having his first meeting as the, in his new role tomorrow. Or? And what did he say? Oh, I'm sure that they'll make it number one on the agenda. <laughs> you didn't get in touch with him, did you? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> the worst newsbreaker. Thanks for coming in, Rudy. That's Rudy Edsel from the Greenfield Post he newsroom. He doesn't follow anything up. <laughs> he doesn't break any stories. He just watches footy. <laughs> Comes in here and has a chat. I'm calling for an investigation. This is the Greenfield Post on Triple MJ, to finish the show off, let's have a quick stat off. Well, I've got some stats from Hong Kong. You do have some stats you've been telling me. Some history's been made tonight. Mm. You, are you familiar with the work of the magic man Joe Moreira, the jockey? Uh, he, yeah, no. <laughs> he could be a race car driver for all I know. Well, over in Hong Kong tonight, he's ridden a remarkable eight wins out oh, of ten rides. On horses? Yes, on horses. He's a jockey. So eight of his horses... Did he? Was he only on eight, or uh, he had ten rides and won eight of them? Okay, yeah, so pretty remarkable. It's very rare for something like that to happen. So, so for a jockey to dominate a meet that much. Well, the jockey didn't. He just happened to be on eight winning horses, didn't he? Yeah. Do the horses? <laughs> so you're, you're saying the horses were doing all the work? Of course they were. Or <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, that's like saying a professional dart player, the darts are doing all the work. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing like the it's sort. Remarkable riding there from the magic man. Credit where credit's that, due. Actually, now you, your analogy's got me thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying the Sharon's doing the work when Buddy kicks oh, a goal. Now, hang on. Yeah. The Sharon doesn't have a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> the Sharon isn't trained and and doing all the work without him. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm I'm going to get you into horse racing one of these yeah, days, not. Will. I'm it's, going to get you excited by it one day. It's not. It's just not going to happen. Anyway, here's my stat. Go and on. It's cricket related. Yep. Um, of course, Coley. Mm. He's been the. The butt the, of all jokes. The source of many laughs this mm -hmm. week, leaving two deliveries that have both gotten him out. Yep. The Indian batsmen have averaged 8.00 this series. Yep. Extras have averaged 9.67. <laughs> What's well, so Extras are having a better series than the Indian batsmen. That's it. Oh, that's it's, a very oh, sharp stat. If you take out Rahul, that is. Yeah. But if you take out Rahul, 
leg buyers are doing better than Coley. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's nice. That's nice. Actually, I think you. I'll, I'll give you the the win in that. Do you want to get off. the win? Yeah. yeah sorry, so that's one nil. All right. Well, that we better wrap things up. This has been the Greenfield Post on Triple M. You can download our podcast through iTunes. Yep. Or give the uh, Will and MJ Facebook page a follow if you haven't already. Please do. Nice videos up there this week. A few videos. Very yeah, nice. Geez, they're not too bad. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, something for everyone to do. A bit of homework. A bit of homework, and then we'll be back at ten o'clock next Sunday night. We will. Thanks very much, guys, and catch you then. The Greenfield Post on Triple M.